Dad Bod Rap Pod. We're back. Nate is on a new diet, and we may not make it through this episode <laughs> with, with all of our limbs intact. We're feeling but, the uh, fury. I'm irritable. Yeah, he's he's a little bit uh, testy. Doing the whole thirty. Whole thirty. Not okay. Just, not just part of the thirty. No, the whole the whole <laughs> shit. Yeah. Okay. Which so which means uh, you can eat like three carrots an hour, or what's going on? Essentially, it's like uh, you can eat fruits and vegetables and meats okay and you don't it's more about what you don't eat you don't eat uh let me see if i get this right dairy legumes grains added sugar and i'm doing and it's it's always no alcohol but i'm doing no weed as well just to treat it as like a cleanse. So if this you guys guy. if you guys have thoughts and prayers for Nate LeBlanc, <laughs> please send them along. Uh, notes of encouragement. No, nah, you know what? I celebrate that because um, I saw a tweet from Dante Ross today about uh, right folks, right. uh, hip hoppers over forty, and getting you know getting a hold on our on our health situations. You know what I mean? Like right, right, the hip hop right. lifestyle is not necessarily conducive uh, to long, healthy life. We can't all have a Dave Ma body. <laughs> Some of us, some of us have to uh, resort to different measures. So you know, celebrating celebrating your few choices. When do you come off? When do you? When so do you... we're doing the entire month of September. Oh, so man. it's okay. it's day three. Okay. And it, the first two days, so I got hammered on Saturday night at a family party Smart. and like kind of went out with a bang. Nice. Smart. And then Sunday I was kind of hungover, but we did go shopping and you know get get food prepped and stuff like okay. that. And right. now today was my first day at work. Right. And I kind of tricked myself with that three-day weekend thinking, like, it was going to be that easy. Right, right. I was like, this is easy. I'll just, like, you know, make a salmon salad. That sounds great. And then it got to work. Basically, I feel like I need – this might be too much information, but <laughs> Damone asked, I need yes. to bring two lunches, one for lunch and then one for the 3 o'clock, like – I'm going to die. So nobody gets hurt. <laughs> then nobody gets hurt. Totally. I, imagine... And you're not supposed to snack on the thing. And I'm like a big snacker. Right. So like, right. Uh, basically everything this is making you not do is how I normally am. Right. Like I had right. to like have my farewell to pizza before we like farewell to pizza oh, for God. a month, dude. I Damn. Would, I would probably in this month, if we just had lived our normal life, I would probably would have eaten pizza like five times. Right. Jesus. Is it one of those um, diets where. You know, you have a peanut on day 31 and you explode. Well, there, there is a reintroduction <laughs> process. Oh, there is. OK, yeah, that's why I asked. And to right. try to see like to see right. what foods you're sensitive to. So I might. OK, OK. So He's going to get pizza and IV that and it'll be bled straight into he'll be mainlining pizza <laughs> by October 1st. Yeah. So imagine how angry the pod is going to be I know. in about a couple of weeks. I've, this been, is gonna be I've dope. been so nice. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. This is gonna be dope. So I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be baiting Nate into uh, starting podcast wars while he's <laughs> while he's getting hungry and also at this table, uh, definitely not dieting, is <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Just back from Vietnam, got Saigon on his breath. That's right. It is Mr. Dave Ma. What's up, guys? Uh, really good to be here. I wish I was on a scooter in Southeast Asia right now. Yeah, but, was right. it amazing? Same. It was. It was wonderful. It's yeah. always really amazing. I'm always like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, my fifth time might not be as good as my first. It's always mind blowing. Okay. Dope. Every, I mean, every you, single time. You can't argue with fresh food. You know, here's, yep. here's yep. this clam that was just picked up in a bucket two minutes ago. Right. 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 Yeah. right. And now it's on your plate yeah. for 45 cents. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> How much for the whole establishment? Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've got a I've got a friend. Shout out to Nasty Ray. Um, he's like, let's just move. He yeah. he says Saigon is uh, the San Jose of Southeast Asia. 
Um, that's the worst comparison. Ever. I'm going to have to hear more. <laughs> yeah. on that sometime. And you want to move there? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So. No. So, yeah. Saigon um, is the Saigon. Of, yeah. Saigon. <laughs> right. of Saigon. Right. Yeah. That's right. Battle rapper. No, 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 <laughs> never. No. What was Saigon's right. joint? The, the, what was uh, his? What was his joint? He has a he has a song on the uh, on the satellite radio station I listen to where it's on a theme, and I can't remember what it's about right now. He like does it, you know how they used to do all raps like yeah, it's like this is all like NBA references. Right, right, and this right, is right, all right, something. Right. He has one of those and okay, you know, if him and Papoose walked into this right. room, could you <laughs> could, I could you differentiate who was who? No, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they. That was supposed to be a big era. deal. Remember? Yes. Remember totally. Saigon coming yes. out was supposed to be a big right. fucking deal. Lyrics were back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He. I want to say he was working with Just Blaze. I remember this. We'll we'll do another episode at some point on the greatest like hypes yes. that like never yes. just never came to pass, and I think Saigon pick, would be. We can any? call it. Yes, you can bust. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Cannabis was the original of that, right? Right. He like, he was the hype cycle was so much crazier than right. any music that got released. that ever that right. ever happened. Or, yeah. Or pick any freestyler that was dope. Right. Who was coming out with the studio album? Totally. Right. Right. The wake up show on that juice album. Totally. <laughs> totally. So yeah. So when we're not picking on uh, rappers with failed career launches, uh, we are also talking about rap music uh, in 2019. This is the last part. Of 2019, we and are on the final leg. All the like big albums are going to come out now. Right, like everyone right. was kind of waiting. Like no the underground yeah. has had they amazing records like throughout the year, but right. it's just if uh, the tea leaves are being read properly, there's right. a bunch of things on the horizon right. that are. About yeah, to I drop. think I think uh, Jay Z has a Blue Lives Matter album that he's about <laughs> to drop. That's just going to be fire, son. It's like. <laughs> Dude. It's like the blueprint, but actually, he's kind of like if the your father shield. was home, you wouldn't be doing this. Um, I can't, I can't really. It's hard for me to even quantify my level of disappointment in fucking. Even Jay-Z. though you haven't seen any action from it yet, just to, like his behavior in the press conference right. is enough for you to be like, well, We're well, done. they they've got this thing where they're going to be making T-shirts. <laughs> so we got a bunch of billionaires together, and they're right. starting a T-shirt line. Um, uh, for social justice, because that's, I believe that's how Martin Luther King did it. <laughs> um, and that was the big thing. So it's like Megan Trainer, who apparently did that horrible About That Bass song. Rhapsody is unfortunately caught up in this. She has in, to take this as like the she biggest does. show she's ever been offered. She does. And I feel like, oh, how must that feel for her? Because I know. kind of her moment, too. Listening to her, she gets why this is fuckery. But at the same time, she's like, I'm going to be at the Super Bowl halftime. So fuck y'all. Um, and then it's one more artist. Meek Mill? It is Meek Mill. Yeah. It is Meek Mill. Oh, so, so Meek Mill's thing is prison reform. This right. is a huge platform right. for that. Right. Um, what's it called? A Rhapsody's thing, like her new album, which I yeah. think is great, yeah. by the way. It is Eve, very good. Is like a kind of celebration of black womanhood. I'm right. happy to see that get a platform in this weirdly male, like yeah. violent. Like she, they, he's you're making them listen to her kind of like do Lauren Hill right. and Nina right. Simone and right. like all these people who should be heard. Right. Megan Trainer, I have no explanation she's for. She's about I don't that get base. why she's there. Uh, no yeah. trouble. No trouble. No trouble. Yeah. no trouble whatsoever. She's all about trouble. Yeah. With this one. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm just it's it's been of course if you've been on Twitter and and kind of the conversation around it, um a, a lot has been said, but just as like a fan 
Um, it sucks because now that everybody that would bust my balls about Jay-Z as a corporate sellout has the Trump card now. I used to be like, no, nah, well, you know, he does activism. Right, right, And right. he's got this and he's got that. And now it's just like, yeah, bro, well, so, you're right. He's so a cop. Him, him just being at the table is, is unsavory enough to... To yeah. diminish everything else he's not, done? Not, not everything else he's done, but it's it's so interesting that he picks the one person for whom they has the most principled stance, who is standing on the pinnacle of civil rights in our generation, right, right. and he's like, fuck that guy. I got t-shirts, son. I'm out here. I got these t-shirts. Let's sell them for social justice. It's a table Jay-Z's not at if fucking Kaepernick's whole career doesn't get tanked. Basically, Jay-Z is coming in and when Muhammad Ali was getting blackballed for not going to the military, Jay-Z's coming in and doing a USO tour. It's, it's like, all right, bro. I mean, you know, your music is your music, but this is, I can't think of a worse corporate fuckery deal, you know, in, in some time. So, I don't even watch the NFL anymore for many of the reasons that you just went over, but I am in wait and see mode with this. Like, I don't, I don't I like, say, I don't say. like. And, you know, you guys know I don't think canceling exists, um, but I don't cancel anyone based off a press conference. I mean, I guess I could. It would have to be a different press conference. Watching him yuck it up with Roger Goodell and seemingly minimize the contributions of Kaepernick was disturbing. But there's a whole, like, rollout yet to happen and a whole, like... Oh, you're you're on, you're on a wait yet, and see yet to have. I'm on a wait okay. and see. On okay, this one. so is there, it doesn't look good? Is no. there a way that it could unfold? There was there was this there was this idea that if Jay Z was going to be part of an ownership group, then then maybe. But even that wasn't going to be it for me because it's like it what does that really help you? Yeah, what does that do for anyone? Right, and so um, I don't think there are any black NFL owners. No, no, there's no owners of color. At period. All. Uh, there's one cat who is Middle Eastern who owns the uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings. But they are the only professional sport. Even hockey has people of color in ownership groups. Jesus. So basically... White J- and beige. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, uh, it's a weird time and a weird space for him to get involved. And I think what I think is going, because I'm trying to be like, dude, what's going through your mind right. on this? I think he's saying, look at, look at all that I've done. You know what I mean? He's saying right, my right. career track record, you got to trust me I on this. I sold drugs. I cheated on my <laughs> wife. What else do you guys want from me? I'm a pillar of the fucking community. <laughs> um, but I also feel that people in positions of, of enormous su- success tend to trust their own gut. And so Jay-Z, if he trusts his own gut and he's like, this, this makes sense, this is what I want to do, and I feel it's a principled stand – he doesn't give a fuck what any of us think about right. that. Now, the problem with that is, is that if you're just off base and there's like a lot of corollaries here because James Brown, um, another, you know, obviously legend in black music, worked with Richard Nixon um, right. on, on his on his black employment campaign. and was like lambasted for that as well. That's an interesting parallel. And while also James Brown was a, as a uber capitalist. Right? right. Like he was super, as Jay has been. So. I think in his mind, he's like, um, you know, I know what I'm doing. I don't really listen to poor people, poor people. (laughs) But this might be one of those things where, you know, there's I think there's there's some people he ought to listen to. It was interesting to see Dream Hamptons kind of semi cryptic tweets about I don't know this dude anymore. And he's got smart people he could have consulted. He talked to Kaepernick, apparently. And Cap was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, stop. Like, what are you doing? Even Cap kind of subtweeted him. So it's it's so weird. But I just I hate that for, you know, 
one of my favorite rappers of all time. Is this? It's a cognitive dissonance right now. Right. Where I'm just like, Ugh. have either of you watched the new Chappelle? I did. I did. So a lot of Dream Hampton content in that <laughs> as well. Like uh, the you know successful African American entertainers are not really having it with Dream Hampton and her principled stances right, right now, right, and right. Go, like being super public about it. Yeah. So is this which is really interesting? What a weird hill to kind of. You're rolling with R. Kelly? Like, what are, yeah, what are you... What, have you watched it? I, I have he is not. certainly not rolling with right, R. Right, Kelly. Right, right, right. And I think a lot of people are just basing it off of, like, two jokes. Right. I'm, I'm not fully backing it either, but I'm I'm not right. fully backing it either, but I will say that after see, seeing the online reaction and then actually watching it for myself, his positions are a lot more nuanced than 100%. he has been given credit for. In, okay, so as, they, as they've been portrayed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And when you've watched it, let's have a real discussion about it. Okay. It's, it's yeah, an interesting special. Okay. It's a very much like he's at a point in his life where he doesn't have to give a fuck about anything. Right. And like That's like, it's and kind of dangerous territory. Yeah. It but it's also, we do need people right. out on the edges. Right. It's freeing. It's You see him on stage and he's freed. And um, he's taking these things head on. You know what I mean? So th- I, I give him credit for that at the very least. Yeah, I, I, I've really been on the fence because, I mean, I could have watched it over the weekend. Um, but I really, again, coming out for the Jay-Z situation, some of this shit really, really bums me out. Right, like, right. I'm just I, kind of like, like okay. Kanye in the MAGA hat. Yeah, right. yeah. It's just, it's just kind of like. like oh, I'm not even mad. I'm just so bummed. Right, You're just right. sad. It's yeah. kind of like you have this shitty analysis of the world and what we need right now. And my, my concern with Dave, and I haven't seen the special, but my concern with Dave is, is his full frontal kind of attack. Like, of all the things to fucking take on in this day and age, you're kind of forwardly engaging with the alphabet people and why do women want this? And I'm just like, these, that's weird. That's just, it's a weird thing. You're not going to like this special. I, I don't yeah. think I am. I don't <laughs> think I am. I'm probably going to hate it. I, I just, I kind of, the part of me is just like, you know, you have a, 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 an incredible gift. You could be roasting the shit out of so many other things that would have an actual impact. And you're kind right, of going, right. you know, it's kind of for it's kind of looking back it's almost reactionary well, well he's it, he's roasting him being roasted you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, so yeah. It, it's, yeah. Like, he's to, ro- to your point he's roasting the fact that it, if any if he ever does anything bad he'll be canceled right and right. so he's doing bad things he's reveling think, in to it. test the line yeah, yeah. he's re- he's reveling in it which you know i'll say this he hasn't done anything like a Louis C.K. where he's actually hurt people. Like, he's just saying words. And the Louis C.K. bit on this special is amazing. It's almost like you have seen it. I, I certainly have. I certainly laughed throughout it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. You know that makes you a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it, the thing with comedy and cancel culture, it's like, oh, joke one through five landed. Joke six, I'm appalled. Fuck this guy. You know, it's a bit much... Uh, it's too trigger happy. I get the impulse to be <laughs> enraged, but I I think we should have a longer discussion at some point, perhaps after you've seen the special. Uh, I if, watch the special now, if you or not. Listen, yeah, we don't have Z. to. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> Do you have to agree with something like in order the premises to, in order, politics right. in order to find it funny? Right. No. Right. Um, uh, well, you know, you, you can you don't... laugh at Jeff Foxworthy? Can you laugh at like what? I don't know. Another good. I don't know any right wing comedians, but I'm sure because right wing is not fucking funny. So here's and here's so here's the pro. Here's my my only problem with all this shit. But they can't have a good quip. <laughs> like if you, hung you, out listen, with, you listen to Dennis you fucking Miller. With, you, right, I was going to use Bill Maher, and he's yeah, like su- supposedly say, this right. liberal icon, but no, he's actually no. far to the right of our political positions. Right. Every once in a while, he says something funny. Still, it's way less 
often than it used to be. Right. But right, like, right, I don't, right. I don't necessarily have to agree with the politics of something to find it. It's, funny. it's to Agreed. me, to me, it's not, it's not about agreeing, right? Because it's, it's kind of like Chappelle had jokes back in the day that I was like, well, I don't agree with this. Why are we laughing at somebody peeing on a little girl? But I can't front like you, you did that. Uh, I, my thing is this: you, you definitely have to take into account accountability. And so when you're pushing back against accountability, when you're saying, oh, why don't we give, you know, abusers and people, we're a little too harsh on them. No, we're not. So I might watch it. I may, uh, because content is content and I will do it for the good of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I will cry into my pillow. About we're all going to have to watch that Wu-Tang show, too. Oh, you know man. we're going to have to talk about that. Oh, the Wu-Tang. I am not. It premieres uh, tomorrow. I'm not Wu- looking forward to that, actually. It's part of the SVU franchise, no? <laughs> <laughs> Ice cheese in it somehow. Special versus unit. <laughs> well done. Oh, man. All right. So uh, we've got a, an interview coming up um, on the other side of this this break. And you will enjoy it because if you didn't, you probably wouldn't have clicked this. Dad bod rap part. All right, Dad Bob Rap Pod, once again, always talking to people who are moving and shaping culture. Today is no different. On the line, on his Apple AirPod megaphone, we have Curly Castro. How's it going, man? You, what's up? I'm good, man. Yeah, yeah. Where, where are you at just, right now? Um, where are you physically located? Oh, I'm, I live in Philadelphia. Okay. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. Okay. And I made it through the um, retrograde. I know that's been throwing off everybody. Man. So. <laughs> for real. So, so yeah, you know what I'm and, and, and it's a good scapegoat. Like, I, a lot of things have been going different for me recently. I just tell my mom, yo, just look for that retrograde. Don't look for me. <laughs> scapegoat 2019. That's, that's, that's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. All right. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for joining us on the program. Uh, you're definitely connected to us, and we're, we're happy to finally have you on. I know you've worked a lot with Zilla Rocca who is the only person to come on this show twice. Um, <laughs> and we, we've talked about your oh, work yeah, here yeah, on the program. Zilla. So, so Zilla's a legend, but I'm a follower of y'all. So don't, you know, <laughs> oh, he's, appreciate he's, that, he's, man. Thanks, man. I, I don't follow him. I follow y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that. I've been best friends with him for over a decade now. We're, we're done following each other. But yeah, no doubt. I heard that. So, so you, you've got uh, a new record coming out? You sent us a couple of joints? You, is this, yeah, this from a, a new um, record? Yeah, I got a bunch of uh, pots on the fire right now. So, uh, for, um, for, it's not really in any order, but I do have a, a Shrapnel EP coming out, and Shrapnel is um, a new group between me and Primrock, mm-hmm. and um, we're doing our work with that through Backwood Studio. So we have an EP coming out relatively soon, so, um, sometime in September, and then we have an LP scheduled on their release schedule for next year. Nice. Um, and that's done already and stuff like that. So um, I sent y'all one of those. And then also, I'm double barreling. I don't give a damn. I also <laughs> have a, my, uh, my my duo with Villa Rocker. We go mm. by Griff Company whenever me and him get together and do shit. And oh. um, we have that CD um, and release coming out soon, like maybe this week or something like that. I don't okay. know. Okay. Reckon Crew's crazy. Yeah. So I got both of those things rocking right now. Yes, sir. Awesome. So we'll uh, we'll do some uh, we'll play the tracks later in the episode. But for now, we just kind of want to get to know you 
introduce you to our fans, um, talk a little bit about your music, your podcast, Call Out Culture with Zilla Rocka and Alaska. And um, yeah. I just think, uh, can you tell us how you first started to get into hip hop and who your kind of heroes are? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, I'll be dating myself. <laughs> That's um, what we're about here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, no, it's all good. I'm an 80s baby. Um, I got into hip hop because it's in the air. I grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, it'll be in the streets. It'd be coming out of cars, boom boxes. I'm talking about. Um, I grew up in the era where, um, and not to be cliche, but like, you know, trains used to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And so we used to, it used to be like top to, top to bottom, not just the tagging that came later. It looked like, you know, just a uh, wild style scribble scratch, but like top to bottom, um, you know, pe- you, it was, it was tangible when I was growing up. It right. was no real, right. you didn't have to go to some separate corner or, um, you know, this little mom and pop store, they play hip hop in the back room. No, it was literally everywhere. Um, you couldn't get away from it. And, um, so I would say, uh, early mid eighties when it like, you know, just started just being like, turn right, turn left. Um, anywhere you were in Medina, um, there was some hip hop going on. So is, so, uh, are, so are you like, a Kane disciple then? Is that, is that kind of in So, your... all right. So, so you were kind of aware of a lot of those cats, but you didn't necessarily have to be like a super fan of theirs. Mm. So like, um, like growing up, I think I had like public enemy tapes, but I also right. had like heavy D tapes, right. you know what I'm saying? And, um, Karis one, I felt like was, I'm, I'm, I mean, people don't be like, eh, he was already falling off when I started. Like, <laughs> uh, Ouch. And so, I mean, you know, so like those staples will come about and you're like, whatever, like, you know, and then Chubb Rock, like, so all of those things would just build up. Um, old Run DMC, JJ Fad, any like, um, single that would crack on the streets you right. would hear from in my neighborhood and stuff like that. And then you would hear more of the quote unquote mainstream stuff that was a little different. So that was like your Queen Latifah's, your, right. you know, your sponsored artists that were on TV, you know, Fresh Prince. And I'm moving into the nineties, but stuff like that. So like right. my influences early on, I think um, there was like a PEC planted in me, a public enemy C, right. but I wasn't like a fanatic of theirs. Um, and then when I started purchasing music and getting into music, um, I, the biggest irony of my music fandom is, um, so I got into MWA from my white friend named Sanford. Of course. And, <laughs> so, That's how it works, right? I know, I, I know you had to, you had to listen and break that down. So this cat was like the biggest, and you wouldn't believe it, the biggest MWA fan in his room. It. He had all the yeah. posters. Yeah, yeah of course. Totally. He had the, um, but just, um, just the outlier though, because every, nobody else like them like that like so he was just an outlier from everybody just liking hip-hop you know so this 91 so this is like you know b-i-t-c fat joe stuff you know new york was rocking you know what i'm saying there was plenty of artists to pick from so for him to go all the way out west which you know required a little effort we didn't always get especially back then we didn't always get the everything coming across immediately right so like you would hear of stuff and things and so so he was like, yeah, these guys, he had all the posters, he had the starter jacket, he had the hat. I'm serious. He had the hat turned backwards. But that was only his, like, quote-unquote, peculiar fandom. And he, like, everything else was kind of normal. Right. And he just kept, kept, I mean, he had this stuff before I even knew who they were. And I would go to his house, I'm like, yo, what the? And then the, um, you know, the, the, the language was striking, but it was whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think, I, you know, I came up on a, like, a, so, special Ed. I remember Special Ed because mm. I kind of looked like him, and um, his songs were pretty accessible, Brooklyn and all that right. stuff. So, like, right. when you were coming up, you started like trying to pay attention to your borough cats, 
and then you would see who else is doing what, um, you know, back then. Yeah, sorry, that was so long-winded, but All yeah. Good, man. So my influences were, like, hip-hop herself like just yeah. just living and breathing of that the, the the culture the culture as is and then when did you start to like really you know say i am a rapper this is what this is where where i'm going with it when when did that click for you okay um oh it's got a story for everything so um when i came into the game uh let's see 90 oh my god sorry 95 96 mm-hmm. is when i started like taking it seriously i got into school now when i first started though fellas i wanted to be a hype man i didn't okay. want to be you aspire to be a hype I, man yes i wanted to be flavor flame i okay. wanted to be freaky Todd. okay i wanted to be um a split star and anybody any i wanted a co-star not the dancer i i, I broke when i was a kid i was doing the worm but that was it right, right. The, <laughs> the windmills and other things like that I wasn't that I wasn't that good. I I could up rock a little bit, but I could never get the <laughs> footwork too down. So Same. you give up when you know you're not, you know, you're gonna embarrass yourself with that. So I remember just wanting to be the hype man. I had a very strong voice. I can do okay. I could memorize your I remember um I would be able to memorize other people's stuff like like nothing. But I right. had to kinda hear it on. So I was in my mind, I was like, Oh, I can do your overdubs, just let me be on stage. Yeah. Um at that point I was doing theater. Like, in terms of, like, performing at that age, that was my most expressive thing, doing theater and kind of debate. So I always kind of had that. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, like, some poetry, so I always had that a little bit. But as far as, like, full-fledged MC, and I didn't want to do that at first. I wanted to be the hype man. Um, and then I started writing, you know, as you, as you want to do in the company you keep. And then my writing got to the point where I could be part of the first group I was. And so they say, hey, come on. And then That's we just... Dope. And it's been history since then. But yeah, I started out wanting to be like Flavor Flav, Freaky wow. Ty. Wow. So that's, that's the other guys in the Lost Boys, whatever their name was. <laughs> I like the lore of the new school. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. I like that like you had on recall like the top five hype men. Yeah, totally. Like that, that was oh, dope. That, that hype was, man it, it, was on, it was only like on two hands the ones that were getting wow. play. And, and so like I had a small, five. you know, Wow. Yeah, okay. I had a small little uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of hype men, and I got, I got that locked and loaded. Damn. Wow. Yeah. wow, damn, that's dope. That's dope. And then, so, so obviously, it progresses. You kind of become this artist, right? And are you are you still in Brooklyn mm-hmm. at that time? When did when did you start kind of moving around? Um, so I went to school in um, ninety five, ninety six. That's when I came to Philadelphia. I went to Temple University. Okay. And that's when I kind of spread my wings. So I just kind of stayed in Philly, and then I did more of my traveling and touring from here. So, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm, um, I'm located here. I'm a Philadelphia transplant. But, yeah, when I got to Philly is when I started, like, taking – and the irony is, um, I mean, it's, it's all those type of things that you see in yourself, but you don't recognize it. So I, where I went to high school, I went to Brooklyn Technical High School. Mm-hmm. And it was um, in the Fort Greene um, downtown um, Brooklyn area of the city. Um, and, you know, Brooklyn is the mecca. Yeah. I mean, well, New York is the mecca, Brooklyn's the Medina, but really it's planet Brooklyn. <laughs> Don't even try. All right. So, um, so I went to a gigantic high school. Like my graduating class was like in a thousand or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, we used to also, if you can imagine that type of student body, we, you know, we're, in the morning, we're all going in one direction to the school on like a couple of blocks and we're taking up all the space. And I remember, and this is when I realized rappers were smaller than they seemed in their pictures. <laughs> so they were, there were so many of us going in either direction, whether coming to school that morning or leaving that afternoon. They boot camp click and Buckshot used to walk in the street 
to get past us. Now, I don't know what they were doing at these times. I don't know if they were leaving the studio right in the early in the morning, but I would always see them. And they had the, and if y'all can remember, the super, there was always a Brooklyn, New York bop when you walked back right. then. So you, you know, that bop, and you walk in there, don't mess with me, you know what I'm saying? My shoulders got rhythm too. And, <laughs> and check it, y'all, we would be like shoulder to shoulder, like three across. It was a small block. We all walk into high school and stuff. And you would see them, their little heads bopping <laughs> up and down. <laughs> on the out, and not to this man, I love them. I really like them. Uh, yeah, can't sure. click, uh, the Buckshot the told you he I'm, was you know, five feet tall. Yeah. He told you. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you still don't like even. But the five ST, you thought I was some slang. Like he's really small, and so like, <laughs> you know, I'm in high school, and, and not to disparage them, boot camp click forever. And I'm just like, are those rappers? Like, because you didn't see all right. of them in person right. all the time. I remember there was a time where um, uh, something innocuous. I saw Buster Rhymes. And he had to be coming off tour because he had a big bag with him. Mm-hmm. But he looked exhausted. And he was just going into his apartment at the time on Flatbush. And he's just like, yo, he's like, yo, but, you know, we come with energy. So you think, he, you know, he's Buster Rhymes. You think he's a walking dynamo. He's like, right. what's up? You know, and then you're like, oh, man, he's like human and shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing that rap shit. He's and like, then fuck there was Delta. Another time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I knew Charlie Brown was up to something. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and another another random time is um, uh, I was just walking somewhere. I was on Flatbush. A lot of stuff would happen on Flatbush. If you're not familiar, that's like one of our main blocks in um, Brooklyn. It goes like it runs the length of the borough. Um, old Dirty Bastard was in some truck, and he pulled up and jumped the curb a bit <laughs> and jumped out the truck and said, Bitch, you know who I am? I'm the Old Dirty Bastard. <laughs> Got back got back in the truck and pulled off. And to this day, I don't know if he was really talking to anybody. Like, wow. there was no oh, best story ever, dude. Yeah. Wow. Like, rest in peace, baby. God, there was nobody that reacted or responded, yeah. like, leave me alone or yeah. trying to get away from him. It just seemed like he was having, and I'm not saying this at the myth of ODB. This literally happened. Like, and we were looking around like, oh, he talking to you? Like, everybody was looking at each other like, you talking to him? Huh? Like, no, nah, just keep walking. Like, <laughs> wow. keep, 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 you know, New York, you're supposed to give celebrities their space. <laughs> oh, man, That's crazy, yeah, man. The, wow. melting, the melting pot, for real, for real. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah those are my little, like, Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's let's move yeah. it up a little bit. Let's talk about Tosh. Um, that was oh, your, yes, your last uh, full LP. Um, a lot of mm-hmm. island sounds on there. Can you kind of give us the, the breakdown of um, – how that came to be, how that came together, and especially I think we're interested in how you connected with Backwoods and what that relationship is like. Oh, no doubt. So, um, so Tosh was like a culmination of like my upbringing and a good idea from Villa Rock. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, part of my family is from Barbados, so we're, we're Bayesian and shit. So, like, mm-hmm. if anybody can tell, being West Indian or being second generation, um, there's a lot of difference. You know, there's little, there's little difference, but there's a lot of them. So, um, you know, coming up, I grew up on reggae, you know, and I'm talking like old Lovers Rock, um, old Whalers, uh, Lee Scratch Perry. Like, I like all the classic dub and shit like that. Like, right. some of the newer stuff I kind of got with, but I ain't gonna lie to y'all. When Elephant Man came with all the dances, I said, ah, I can't keep up. That's too much. <laughs> you weren't playing right, like every song. It was like, back in the day, right, back in the day, you'd have to learn, learn one dance before the um, basement party. Like, you had like right. three weeks. Baby, you know what I'm saying? He used to be a master of it. Man, Elephant Man come out with a song and it like five dances. He's not a plan. Run the bull, you know, chase the panther and all this other thing. And, and I, 
and there was no way for me to keep up with that. So anyway, point being is um, so I had a, a big uh, reggae and uh, dub influence in my upbringing. It was that was also music that was being played in the streets. And when I came to Philly, I kind of got out of out of touch because you you go to a new city and you go in there um, centralized by a university. You're only going to travel where you're familiar and where they tell you. So I didn't know where to go in Philadelphia to pick up my um, reggae fandom. So anyway, long story short, Zilla said. Um, a lot of my music has like Brooklyn references in it. He said, you should make a album with Philadelphia, where people can figure out you're from Philadelphia. And maybe this is the time for you to bring your dub influence into this. I just had started because the thing about being West Indian, you don't, you don't want to be called for no fraud or think that you're um, mm. portraying the culture in a bad way. And since I'm what they would call Yankee, I'm American born. My accent is always the strongest. I don't always... Um, I'm not exhibiting all my island flair. I'm not wearing mesh tank tops all the time or whatever. Um, so, so, so being a Yankee, because that's what they call you, a coolie, you don't want to be like seen as like, are you representing enough? So there was, there was times where I didn't want to go that far with my music, even though my influences would lead me to that. So I might use a reggae um, style or I might use something I heard in a class, but I wouldn't actually go full board. So this is the first album I was like, all right, I'm going to mix all of those. And and Zilla's Philadelphia idea morphed into, yo, you should have dub samples with Schooly D drums and go from there. And that's mm. pretty much the um the initial toss I did from you know, shout out my, my partner Zilla Rocker. And so I just went from there. So what I did was I asked um producers, as you can tell with Wrecking Crew, we have producers in house for some of our full LPs, we'll use a bunch of producers. It's a skill of ours because it still sounds cohesive. And so I sent out an assignment, I said, Yo, give me something dubbed influence or reggae influence and I didn't give them too many uh, restrictions I just let them have that and then you see all the varying results so I didn't always I didn't want it to be too dubbed out because I didn't want to play that style out too much right, right. but I wanted you to see the um the influences so like on a song um, speaking of which uh, Night Terror Fabulous produced by Uncommon Nasser there's like two dub samples in there but the way he, he laid it out it's not traditional um dub one drop type shit you know what mm. i'm saying there's, there's, a, there's a variety to it and there's a lot of tracks on there like that so yeah that's pretty much how the um the album the creatively and the aesthetic was born um as far as getting with backwards um <laughs> every not everybody but some people say i'm like the unofficial third member of um like arm and hammer and shit <laughs> because i'm like and this is before rome rome is like their most featured product but before that i would be like the one popping up on shit like mm. so um arm and hammer trust they go through a, a deep um, extended process when you're creating and stuff like that. I'm not going to mythologize it, but I'm not going to minimize it. So mm. there are songs that are created and cut. So you never know if you're going to make a project. And that goes with Wood's project too. So mm -hmm. trust me, there's like B-sides floating around and stuff like that. Um, I won't even tell you who's on these joints. You'd be amazed. <laughs> but, you know, um, but sometimes, you know, things don't come to fruition. So I, when I would work with them, I didn't always know if stuff would make the cut. But um, the confidence that those two brothers had in me elusive. Also, it, they felt that I can get their vibe of frequency when it came to Arm and Hammer material, which mm -hmm. was very, um, it was still solidifying and cold. Like the, the wavelength was out there, but people didn't have the antenna just, just yet. Wow. But they knew if they came to me and they needed like a third verse or something, I would hit home. So I did some songs for them, like um, the Duppy Funk Reprise on their Furtive Movement mm -hmm. project or the um, couple of joints I did on the initial Arm and Hammer mixtape, uh, Half Measures. Um, this is like the song Mozambique Drill, a really good song there. So when that came about, they, you know, they got to know me working wise and also we're friends. Um, and so when it came to Tosh, I put a more concentrated effort in uh, mixing and mastering than I've done before. Like I hired um, 
the, the great Willie Green out of um, Greenhouse, uh, to, to, you know, just to get that sound because I wanted it. So I told him I, I wanted it to sound like Catch a Fire as much as it could. Mm-hmm. Kept, um, wow. You know, and yeah, so sometimes you give yourself a mixing like um, uh, reference point, like a program. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A reference point to say, like, I kind of want it to sound like this, or I want it to sound like a nation. And I usually use older records just because the bottom is, is so nice and I really wanted this to sound a certain way. Mm. So when they, so when I came, when I approached backwards and nothing is in stone, like we're friends, but we all take each other's um, career seriously. So like, you know, I'm friends with Woods, but I'm not, you know, he, he runs backwards, but I'm not just coming in with no bullshit. Yeah. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? I work with Elucid, but you know, Elucid is like, you know, digging for gold and diamonds. Like you better, this better be worth it and shit like that. So, <laughs> um, so, when I came to um, Backwoods, I had everything already sewn. So I think that's what impressed upon them to take a um, chance on the project. I had my video shot. I had my artwork done. Um, everything was, the project was mixed and mastered. I just needed a, um, you know, I just needed a platform. And I've always, like I said, I've, you've, I've mentioned the features I had with them before. So I've worked closely with them. And Villa would always enlighten me to that. He's like, yo, man, when you're writing for them, write a little different like approach them on stuff and like you never want to take your friendship for granted so i wasn't going to come to woods or um um, shout out to anton like half out so when i came up with tosh i was like this needs this platform i think this is this is one of my more important projects um if not the most important project and i felt like they would have the the manpower and the cachet to help me um, reach and it did like they helped with um i reach people you know their audience is not just specific it's it's different like you know, um, and it's mad. It's it's building. It's a good time for the label too. Yeah, right but like on, a lot man. of people will um will check backwards on the cosign. Like they might not know any other artist, but let's say Woods and Canyon. Maybe they don't even know Elucid is his, um does right. stuff through there. But it's the um reputation that we built to um trust. You know, um in our product. Like we ain't putting out no bullshit. Not 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 even a little bit. So um that helped a lot. And then, you know, just reintroduce people to me. Like, I had a lot of success with my LP before then, Cole Fidel. But um, mm-hmm. Tosh really was, like, a home run for me. Um, just in, especially in terms of the aesthetic. Like I said, I made the, the leap to include reggae uh, influences and, and, like, dub things. And now that's, like, not a staple in my music, but you're, you're bound to hear that. Um, right on, man. Each and every time. Yeah, hey, I want to... Um, and people leave behind me for that shit. Yeah. I, you know, I want to... Um, get get to know your mind state and your process just a little bit. And I was uh, checking out some mm-hmm. interviews that you did around the time Restore and Debuild uh, came out. And okay. um, you had okay. mentioned that you wanted it to be sort of a Def Jux meets sound bombing. And th- and that's an era that's mm-hmm. really near and dear to us. So I just want to I just want to ask you sort of what about that era impacted um, your current work? Okay, um, so I became like a um, you know. It's funny because we're cliches now, but back then nobody fucked with us. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know, nobody was buying twelve inches of four rockets, and nobody was going to the one sheet. I, I'm, I've been a Def Jux fan since they had a one sheet. It was a gray page <laughs> with orange highlighting, and it said Cannibal Ox on one column and Emergency Rations from Mister Lip in another column, right. and it said like LP coming soon and shit like that. And right. remember back then you just would run to the page every day. There was no updates, so like yeah. when yeah. when De- when um. When Company Flow dropped, it was 95, 96, I was just in college. Nobody fucked with them. So this was very much an insular fandom of mine. Like, I didn't have any, like, especially back then, like, when Wu-Tang's double album dropped, we all sat in a room and listened to it and talked. Mm -hmm. So you would do that. But when you had these niche artists and 
LP didn't give a fuck. He's like, we're independent. We're going to stay that way. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, you don't want to, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to call. You don't want to succeed. You don't want to call up, uh, you don't want to call in Vogue and maybe get them to sing a hook. Like, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, that would have been lit. You know, like, what are you doing? And, 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 and it seemed like in the face of that, they were like, you know, fuck off. And I remember just being like, wow. And so I just went deep dive and I, I company flow came out. Then I started getting like the raucous 12 inches. Like, I mean, I have a buck 50 12 inch. I FT, like I would get all of this stuff, uh, Menelik, Shabam Sadiq, who's still still hates to this day. Um, <laughs> the, um, uh, Jean Gray's original group when she was what, what? Um, not, uh, natural resource. Mm-hmm. Natural resource with Mr. Complex and all that stuff. So like, um, so I was just a fan of the, the wants and creativity. Like Sir Menelik, oh, he didn't give a hell. Like he wasn't yeah. caring about sound scans and all that stuff. Yeah. And it showed mm-hmm. me that, um, you could just really push, and then also this is um I wasn't a super fan of Amphicon, but they were making a point. Mm-hmm. Like you don't right. need to follow anybody's previous blueprint. Do what you do. Right. That's and a really so, good way of putting that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I remember LP because I used to rhyme kind of crazy. I ain't gonna enlighten y'all, but I remember LP <laughs> was like to me LP and the way Big Justin their rhyme patterns. I was like, see, I'm right. I can rhyme yeah. this way. <laughs> don't matter, like. I'm right. They sell records. They, they got lines out. there. the New York Yorkers, darling. I'm right. And I remember him like justifying and then I got into Aesop Rock. And then that was all she wrote. You know what I mean? So like uh, But of course I'm I'm mentioning them but without I was always I think my artistry is a reflection of my family. Like I remember the day opening AT Aliens sitting in a, a pizza shop with my man going ham and I mean I'm eighteen at this point, but going ham about the cartoon comic because I was a comic fan back then. Like, right. oh my god, they put a comic in here. Um, so I was definitely, you know, kept up with Nas, Wu-Tang, all of that stuff was like, Wu-Tang was like, man, like that was a media. Nobody saw that coming. Right. Cause it just wasn't what was out. And so, but anyway, moving forward and moving through when I got to that era of the rock. So like, um, you know, I'm big, like, I, and also you could ask really this, um, I root for the underdog. So like, I'm a, um, I'm a fight fan, not cute. Um, wow. I'm like. I'm Malik B at one point was better than Black Thor. Like right. that type of thing. I'll do that. And not just the not just the root for the underdog, that's just how I feel. Like I love Cali Asia, but I love Rasco. Right. And I love Planet Asia. Right. But I love Rasco. You know what I'm saying? So like right. I root for people nobody rooted for. And it seemed like Rawkins was signing all these people. Wow. Uh, organized yeah, that's so you know, Faramont organized confusion. They would pick up um people, you know, um Quali, he can he can um suffocate himself and die <laughs> fucking. But like um and, and, you know, he will suffocate because he has no breath control. So just give it a minute. <laughs> um, but anyway. Oh um, but back then, they were such pioneers. Mr. Man, like, he was yeah. in, in the Bush Babies. I used to yeah, see him yeah. all the time. I'm from Flatbush. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so when, when you see these cats translated into, I remember seeing the 2000 seasons 12 inch. Like, yo, this is real. Like, yeah. you know, they're doing it. Favorites. And it was without, and without the um the major label. It's funny. Um, oh, damn, I can't remember that. uh that movie uh, that just came out. It's something about machines and the uh, cities on wheels. What is that called? Uh, Mortal Engines? Uh, yes. That's how labels used to feel to me. And then Independent was like, fuck that. We can run it all around. They can't catch us. We can do whatever <laughs> we want out here. So, so while these big lumbering steam things are making big 90-degree turns and shit, we already made a move because we're right. dealing in small Nimble. quantities. So like that's, that's dope, dude. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So that, and everybody they signed was like one of my tracks, like literally. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Lift. Um, I'm a big fan of Lift. Um, just going through the raucous stuff. Uh, just everybody they would sign, I was like, oh my God, I'm a fan of this guy already. 
And now I don't have to wait three years for them to come out on Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> um, Castro, we're up against it. We have to do our next interview. But can you do like a one-minute oh, plug for your yes. podcast, Call Out Culture? Just tell the people what it's about. Okay. So Call Out Culture is pretty much what the title um, implies. In, in this day and age, a lot of people are being called out, um, especially on social media and things of that nature. And so we wanted to reverse the trend and just um, – you know, call out the call outers, and, and, and not so much, uh, you know, tip for tat you for you, but like, you know, we're gonna bring you to task too. And in the meanwhile, we're gonna talk about hip hop. We're gonna talk about topics, and, uh, social, economic, whatever, whatever comes to mind. Um, big influence with a uh, uh, Blueprint podcast, Super Dude and Tough Work. Sure, um, they're letting they're letting a lot of artists know that the platform is there. I also have another podcast. It's called The Podcast Has No Name. It was inspired by Game of Thrones. And we did a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. But nice. since the podcast has no name, we do whatever the fuck we want. So we, we review entertainment and we talk about shit. That oh, I'll have stuff. to check that out. Yeah. I haven't listened to that one yet. Oh, yeah. That, that one's great. Yeah. that one's great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Call Out Culture is just that. And so um, we do varying things. Sometimes we'll have guests and just the topics vary. Cause it turned into the phone conversations I would have with Zilla. He's a married family man, so we only kind of talk heavy in the morning when he's commuting to work, and I'm commuting. So, like, um, we said, "Yo, let's make this a podcast." Alaska was wanted down to, um, yeah, Alaska was down with the idea, and he's the workhorse of the podcast. He does a lot of the um, uh, post production and shit like that. So, um, shout out to him too. There it is. Well, we we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Everybody, definitely be on the lookout for Curly Castro's new work. We'll play some some tracks coming up after this segment man and we just really appreciate you coming on oh thanks for having me i'm sorry if i was long no no you were great (laughs) we could do this all day but we gotta we gotta move on but thank you very much really nice to talk to you thank you man no doubt everybody out there support dad bod rap pod podcast i don't have a dad bod just yet (laughs) i have i have a i have a subsidiary of their podcast starving artist podcast donateusmoney.com so just look for that <laughs> and um uh but yeah just um support wrecking crew we got a lot of stuff merch uh, cds um shrapnel coming soon griff company coming um soon and just look out for everything we got going there it uh, is, appreciate man. the support be well bro thank peace. you man all right brother peace Bod Rap Pod. We want to thank Curly Castro for coming on. Um, he's fun. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a cool cat. He's great man. Um, definitely check out Call Out Culture. I think we are making the rounds in the Backwoods universe. So basically, any <laughs> artist affiliated, if we could find a Lucid, that would be the ultimate interview. But, but he's so elusive. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't get jealous that often, but. Um, when Dave talked to E40, I did, but I held it together as a good friend. Uh, they're on tour tonight in Bristol. They're releasing 30 dub plates of unreleased material no. that, are, that will be for sale at the merch table. And I'm like, how much friends? is the ticket to England? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. I, was like, I was like really, really bummed that I'm not going to be able to own that record. And life is long, and I will keep an eye on it on the aftermarket. But like, 
God Thirty? Well, we can we can always hit up Mr. William Woods. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not against it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy how uh, kind of yeah, Backwoods is is really carved out this really interesting niche. Right. I think Curly Castro is a great kind of addition to yeah, what they're doing. Totally. I'm a big fan of that Tosh album. I, I do like to listen to a lot of dub music and like it's it's touch and go with its influences in hip hop. Yep. yep uh, it's yep. it's a really prominent influence in a lot of like what was called trip hop back in the mm-hmm, day. Sure. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of stuff in like I don't know. I can see it in like the way Edon or someone will use like an echo pedal yes, is clearly right. influenced totally. by that. And totally. then there's the Beasties obsession with Lee Perry, right, and they have right, some dubbed right. out moments, especially on remixes. Right. But Mad, Mad Lib gets he puts his foot in it a little bit. Yeah. Definitely, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's cool to see a project kind of tackle that head on, to, and to get to hear the story about how like where the idea generated from and how well it was carried out. Like, right, I, right. I think, you know, just in our world, we're we're in the West Coast. We're a long way from Philly. I think he's a little underheard. Yeah. And I'd, I would really like it if all of you guys went and listened to more of his music based on this interview, though. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's And he's got some he's got new product coming out. He's got a bunch of stuff on Bandcamp. Um, he's a he's a fellow podcaster. So definitely uh, check out Call Out Culture and the new stuff coming out from Curly Castro. Um, we took a week off. And apparently, um, everyone deleted us. Everyone deleted us. Yeah, <laughs> we were canceled um, for not having new content. So we are we're we're really in the stretch run, going up to a hundred motherfucking episodes. That's crazy, we, were, we were looking. It's like we're running out of Thursdays in the year. Yeah, yeah. We try to yeah. make the rest of them really good. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna try. We're gonna try to definitely you know keep hitting you guys. We promise we will not take a break except for fucking Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> Come on. Come on, you guys. You guys are like Jeff Bezos. Can we have a fucking day off? Um, so we, we will be going strong uh, up until the 100 episode. Epi- oh, wow. Why did I turn into fucking Porky Pig right there? The 100 episode. Um, we're, we're definitely, you know, happy to have everybody that's rocking with us. Um, you know, we don't we don't make a ton of money or any from this podcast. But <laughs> the fact that folks are listening and tuning in, we really appreciate. If you have um, a friend, a colleague, somebody who travels on your wavelength that could be interested in a podcast, really means a lot for you to kind of put them on to what we're doing. Right. We're on all the major platforms that Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Google Play, Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher. I think that's, <laughs> that's still around. There's a, yeah, there's some more. There's some more. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Your podcast major, app of your choice. Yeah, every yeah. major platform. Yeah, yeah, so we're we're out there. Uh, definitely, if you're you're into the Twitter space, interact with us there. There's a lot of cool conversation that goes on there. Um, that's at Dad Bod Rap Pod. Uh, we have an Instagram, which is also at Dad Bod Rap Pod. Check that out. I'm going to like do a little confession here. It's gotten a little boring. On Thursdays, we release the show, and then I look to see if I own any records by the person who was on the show, and then I take really shitty like glary pictures of them okay. <laughs> so I, we need to switch it up we need some we need some new we need some new life in the instagram content but follow us at dad bod rap okay. see what we come up with yes um I, we, I need to like go in the garage and get some ephemera <laughs> and like some of some more nostalgia stuff and like yeah. different nate, records nate has heat nate has heat so <laughs> yeah yeah so so look forward like to more flyers from underground rap shows <laughs> in san francisco in the late 90s and early Bruh. 2000s it's like Bruh. a glowing briefcase from i have a fiction. folder of them yeah so <laughs> dude where you at i mean so, yeah so definitely nostalgia porn check out uh at dad bod rap pod on instagram 
Uh, we do have have a Facebook account that we check quarterly. So I did a post recently. I saw that, and you replied. Somebody like hit us up, and you replied to them. Shit, shit is going. We are a fucking machine. <laughs> you want to hit the Facebook on nine to five from Monday through Friday? You have a very good yeah. chance of getting an answer. Yeah, you so, do it any other time. Yeah. You have a very bad chance. If your auntie is on Facebook. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put her in. To a the like is button. a like. A follow is a follow. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're definitely uh, grateful for everybody that's been tuning in consistently. Um, and we will keep the hits coming. I, I'm saying this, and this is what I'm telling friends and family. Fuck with the podcast now, because right, when right. we get on that level, I'm going to forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to act brand fucking new when they're like, oh, y'all interviewing? Like, nah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, nah. we got a good list. We got yeah. a good list uh, on deck, so yeah. just stay tuned. I'm going to be like, new number, who this? I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't fucking with y'all. So definitely get in early. Um, and yeah, we just, we uh, we appreciate the listens, the follows, the likes. Um, do we want to plug some writing? Don't we, have, don't we all have a little yeah, bit of writing yeah, floating around? We be Dave's a real writer and, nah. you know, we, we dabble. I, I just did a little piece on um, E40. That Maybe my, you've heard of him. <laughs> that was my first time uh, talking to him after uh, writing for so long. And he was gracious and hilarious. Um, was it hard to transcribe? It was yeah. because I, I was laughing yeah. a lot. How do you and, spell Europe? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Earl, what's um? Yeah. So yeah. Um, it was really fun. Uh, check that out on Vibe Magazine. Um, we got a lot of other stuff on deck. Uh, I'm going to start contributing to them a little bit more. Okay. Um, yeah. Nice. What about you guys? What are you guys working on? I did a little thing um, for a friend of the program, Matt Horowitz, and his blog, The oh, Wizard. That's right. that's it's right. a. Um, retrospective on Paul's Boutique um, for the 30th anniversary, which just passed. Um, I took the song Sounds of Science, um, and I dropped the new science, and I kicked the new knowledge. (laughs) Um, Mostly about how much Paul's Boutique is a kind of mirror image of Abbey Road. Right. Oh, so right. if you, okay. you nice. want to hear teenage Nate kind of pontificate about Beastie Boys and the Beatles, uh, that's a good place to catch up with that. Oh, so that's, that's nice. on that's on the com. And thanks to Matt and all the other contributors yeah, um, for letting Matt. me get down. And um, I think I haven't read the rest of the pieces yet. It's kind of it's it's a lot. So I'm going to take that in slowly. But it was cool to like do something for a new outlet and to kind of like it, I re- it really like put me back in my teenage years nice. when I was Paul's nice. boutique was like the Bible for me. Nice, nice. Well, That's I'm I'm always a big champion of your writing, Nate. So thanks, I'm, buddy. I'm yes, really looking forward to checking that out. I'm a big champion of watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> TV champion, and a, yeah, and, and a champion at it. Um, uh, I I got some, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, some pieces about you know white supremacy uh yeah (laughs) boo on white supremacy so uh i write for a site called silicon valley debug which is a a a local uh, social justice organization doing a little tiny thing that won a macarthur genius award last year Uh, you might have heard of it yeah so so if you go to uh siliconvalleydebug.com i i did a piece on uh how clueless our local politicians are about Mm. white supremacy uh and you know, I I, I want to do some music writing uh, coming up in the in the following months. I, Just let a, me know, dog. It's a year something a little less heavy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's a year. Last week was a year to the day I wrote the piece about Outcast, right? Um, right and right. the Source Awards, and I was kind of going through my let's, my own shit. Let's so, collab on some shit. Yeah, yeah. We, let's do it. we more writing, more writing. Twenty twenty uh, from the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Uh, but yeah, you know, we we out here commenting. We Writing, got takes, content, media, yeah, all yeah. that, all Pun- that punditry. All that. Yep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, pundit jewels. Um, 
thank you. Be here all week. Well done, sir. Uh, so yeah, so we want to thank everybody for for tapping in uh, and and rocking with us. And yeah, stay tuned for more Dad Bod Rap Pod. We're actually going to have more Dad Bod Rap Pod right now uh, because our guest this week, Curly Castro, was generous enough to send us in some tracks that we're going to play for you. I believe we're playing this one for the first time anywhere. This is a new track by his group Shrapnel, which is Curly Castro and Premrock, and they have a brand new song called Nitty at the Drew. See them stroll out from the free throw. What happens next? Late for practice on time to cash checks. Off the bench, six man, no, no wonder. Shooter got no conscience to Maul Crawford, you're gonna. Nate Rob outside, crossing Iraq vets. And his Iraq vest, screaming, I got next. What? Maxine Waters, I digress. Uh-huh. Sitting courtside with them, Spike Lee checks. Jail Green, Higgins, bitter, write me checks. Black belt, Jay Johns, who gon' fight me next? With the glove, throw back with the light green chest. Always got the green light, Thunder Dan, yeah. check. Yeah, Frank Ben, Matt L with the step back. Dove ill cause he ref with the eye patch. Game shorty was a sight just to behold. Mr. Yeah, Dunk like yeah. some ballast with the blindfold. Vancouver Grizzly switched the time zone. Coach's son now, Arizona Bibby eye roll. DeAndre Windex with the trifold. Jay Will with the pill in the hair down low. Yeah, blood cold. Danny Brown old. Here at the Jew with the curries never sold. Now don't speak. Seats never cheap. The rivals go deep. Magic don't kiss. See? Don't get a T. Fifth time this week. We know ball don't lie. But come on, Rashid. Now start to bang with the year. Yeah, like Tyreek, don't get top heavy, top 503. Nitty at the drill, don't get broke down, don't play the fool. The only guy sham guy switching on the move. White men who can jump, you can get it too. Bev's on ball, D fly trap. You verse me, don't make me Kawhi laugh. Bev's on ball, D fly trap. You verse me, don't make me Kawhi laugh. Yeah. Count Basie from Coney Island. Him and Starberry on sideline styling. First team all D, channel Tony Island. Nitty hits a three, now we got the party yeah. wild. Yo, the crowd haywire, it's down to the wire. Two fists, Q, Rich, Darius. Scott Free, visions of a Byron. East Bay Funk, Dunk Ambitions is a rider. Stacking Vince in the Blue Carolinas. Vitel always called kids high flyers. Roll through like Cherry gets a fire. Hard to keep a blaze like Harold as a miner. Yo, Nitty hit the drain. Winner, it's the same. Frenzy like AI to Vic Page. Nitty at the gym. Don't get broke down. Don't play the fool. The only guy sham guy switching on the move. White men who can jump, you can get it too. Pat Bev's on ball, D fly trap. You verse me, don't make me Kawhi laugh. Bev's on ball, D fly trap. You verse me, don't make me Kawhi laugh. That was dope. Um, little tribute to streetball legend Nitty over the kind of public enemy-esque, if I will, 
um, beat there. Next up, we're going to end the show with another song. This song is called Company Dro. It's by Grift Company. Grift Company is Curly Castro and Zilla Rocca. And this track features Open Mike Eagle. Everybody check it out. Thanks for listening. Dad Bod Rap Pod. Grift Company. Wrecking Crew Shit. Those for a GW. Mike Eagle. I set my ritual on stun for About to partake in the greenness of choices This sour diesel I cop from dice clay Side effects include cough, lungs, and loss of voice I'm curly cash though, of course I roll thick Smoke out of funnels like the horn of plenty The vials hollow at the end of the session About to hit this train wreck Cause I'm running on M yeah. Yeah, I keep her where she can't reach me Cause she don't know how to go easy Zero to 60 And so daytime puffin' is risky She'd have me on the couch Stuck listening to pixies Don't fuck with us though Not even once though Cause I'm a one woman man If you must know She's in the see-through fit In the front row Public hair's green collar Queen of the jungle No go for that Run of the middle, sense of middle, grass for those jack and chips. They hit the crop with those stupid haze drops, trying to fool the people by upgrading the smell. Hell, like we can't tell when the plant's not nuclear. They try to scheme, it's the streets regime. So cease and desist on my open air vibe. And those colored bags, they camouflage the green. Yo, company, yo, the fire burns slow. Crip, fucking company, never can you fuck with it. Company, yo, the blood burns slow. Crip, company, never can you fuck with me. Company, yo, blood fire burns slow. Never can you fuck with me, company, yo, the drone, yo, fire burning slow, company, never can you fuck with me, shit, never can you fuck with me, grip, goddamn company, company, uh, drone, burning slow, shit, company, never can you fuck with me, still a rocker boy, I don't even smoke, you drank with him. Fuck it, we all the same, man.